It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is Brewers on Tap. Number 58 of Brewers on Tap. Lane Grindle with you from Miller Park as the Braves and the Brewers are in the midst of a four-game series, two games down in this series. And unfortunately for the Brewers, the Braves have taken a couple of very close contests in the first couple of nights, a couple of one-run contests, in fact, uh, that the Braves have been able to come out on top in. We've got a lot for you on the podcast this week. We're going to continue to look at last week's trade deadline just a little bit. We're going to look ahead uh, over the next couple of months of this season, and we're going to talk to one of the newest uh, items uh, that has got the Brewers fans buzzing, and that is, of course, Orlando Arcia, the top prospect in the Brewers system, who was called up last week and made his major league debut and is now the everyday shortstop for the Brewers. He'll join us as we catch up with the crew a little bit later on. We're also going to break down that trade deadline with Adam McAlvey of MLB.com. Uh, let's get into some news and notes and then look back at this past week and what everything has looked like. First off, um, some roster moves made by the crew. Last Wednesday, Junior Guerra struggled in San Diego. Uh, he's had some discomfort, and he's been placed on the 15-day disabled list. And as a result of that, Willie Peralta was recalled to come up and make the start on Tuesday night. And Peralta pitched very well, pitched into the seventh inning, six-plus innings for him, just four hits allowed, Gave up a couple of earned runs. He struck out six. He was routinely over 95 with his fastball. Looked very much like the Willie Peralta of 2014. Very good sign for the future for the Brewers. Also, David Goforth was optioned back to AAA Colorado Springs, and Rob Scahill was recalled. He also made his debut on Tuesday night against the Braves and pitched a scoreless inning. Here's what the week has looked like. Uh, we told you about that Wednesday loss with Junior Guerra on the mound in San Diego to wrap up the Padres series. That was a tough loss, a 12-3 loss. Ryan Braun did homer. That was his 16th of the season in that one. Then the crew was off on Thursday. And then Friday night in Arizona, lost a heartbreaker, 11-inning loss, 3-2 to the Diamondbacks. Keon Broxton homered in the loss. Saturday, the crew's offense erupted a 15-6 win. Ryan Braun with two home runs, seven RBIs, Keon Broxton went 5-for-5, five five, the first Brewers rookie to ever do that. Sunday, a 9-3 loss to the Diamondbacks on getaway day. Jonathan Villar did hit his ninth home run in the contest. And then on Monday, a 4-3 loss in 12 innings to the Braves back home at Miller Park. Martin Maldonado with the two-run home run. And Tuesday night, a 2-1 loss at the hands of the Braves. Ryan Braun hit his 19th home run of the season in the contest. Let's break it down. 
let's break it down. Adam McAlvey of MLB.com with us here from Miller Park is uh, the Brewers and the Braves in the midst of a four-game series. And Adam, uh, last week was a very interesting week for Brewers fans and for the Brewers organization. Obviously, uh, the, the rumors of Jonathan Lucroy being traded were out there for quite some time. And uh, at the last minute, a deal gets done with the Texas Rangers. It includes Jeremy Jeffress. And it's hard to totally analyze that trade still because we don't know who the player to be named is and I think that's going to be one of the things that people are going to be really curious about when the season ends yeah absolutely it's it you know we're all quick to judge uh, Doug Melvin's least favorite thing after winter meetings trade deadlines etc was giving out grades because it's so it makes no sense to do when you're talking about prospects in the first place especially in a case like this where there's a player to be named later it's going to be someone significant we believe uh, and I think it is worth having a little bit of patience before evaluating the deal. The other really interesting part is that everyone wants to compare it to the Indians trade that didn't happen the day before. And that's really hard to do because the Rangers trade involved, as you said, another player in Jeremy Jeffress. And we saw the tremendous value that was put on relief pitching. So it's a, it's a really tricky deadline for the Twitter quick takes, which drives everybody crazy. But I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. Well, I think the other thing, too, is that people get caught up in what ranking this prospect had within this organization versus another, and that's not really apples to apples. No, uh, and just in general, prospect ranking is so tricky to do. And I did a story afterwards about the Brewers' own remade prospect list and the just the sheer volume of players that have come into the organization in the last 13 months alone, and it's under David Stearns and Doug Melvin. Um it's tricky business. Everybody has a different opinion. I think what, what some of the initial reaction to the Brewers trade with Texas, if there was some uh, disappointment, some people thought the return was light when you're talking about getting back, uh, giving up Lucroy and Jeffress. But some of that is just because the, the names that, that you, you don't have to be a prospect expert to know who Joey Gallo is or who Jerks and Profar is. The fact that neither of those names were in there, I think also played into some people's gut reaction to the deal. If Joey Gallo's name was in there, maybe they're the com, you know, the, the casual fan. And look, even the casual sports writer, I'm not saying I'm not in this group, might have had a more favorable reaction. But Lewis Brinson, the outfielder they did get, uh, there are scouts who like him as much or better than, than Joey Gallo and think he's a more sure bet to make it in the big leagues. And he got off to a tremendous start when he started playing minor league games for the Brewers. So, look, we're going to need a lot of time before we're able to fully analyze if this was a good trade or a bad trade. The guys are just going to have to play, and we'll see if they're able to advance. And when you talk about Brinson and really all the guys that have been involved in some of these deals that David Stearns and Matt Arnold have made, high ceiling guys. And when you stockpile a good enough number of high ceiling guys, they're not all going to make it. But if a few do, that can be the difference in your organization. Yeah, I think you know we're further, we're far enough along that we can find some David Stern's trends. I think uh, one of them is he likes volume. He likes to do trades where he gives up, say, one player for two, or he gives up two players for three, which was the case with the Texas deal. He's trying to accrue a large volume of good players because there is so much uncertainty with prospect development. Even the surest sure bet can flame out on you. I think Stearns and Matt Arnold feel like, let's try to get as many really talented players as we can, throw them in this pot that is, in MLB.com's case, the top 30 prospects, and see what rises to the top. And some of them are not going to make it. I mean, that's that's baseball. That That's the game. But if you do get enough of them to rise up, 
you've either got pieces for your own big league club or pieces that you can flip when you have needs when you're in a competitive state. And the second part of that is the developmental phase, which you have a lot of confidence in your organization's ability to develop these guys too and, and I know that's a big part of it when you start talking about catchers and Charlie Green and and on down the list let's go back to the player to be named because that is very intriguing for our listeners take us through what that process will be like in terms of determining who that person's going to be well the thing is we don't know 100% so I can only tell you the process as it's been in other cases and there's a lot of different scenarios. The one that Brewers fans will remember most is the CC Sabathia trade in 08, where the player to be named, I believe it came down to two players, and it was if the Brewers make the playoffs, it's Michael Brantley. If the Brewers don't make the playoffs, it's Taylor Green. The Indians obviously got Michael Brantley, a guy that you know, would look pretty good in a, you know, he- not healthy right now, but would have looked pretty good in a Brewers uniform the last couple of years. There are other cases, and I think this is what the case is here, where because of the time crunch came right up to the deadline, the teams could not agree on a final player. They instead came up with a list of potential players. It gives the Brewers an opportunity to scout those players further and come up with a choice, as David Stern said, at the end of the minor league season. I incorrectly said at first it could be a player from this year's draft, uh, like ha- happened with Trey Turner, the Padres of the Nationals. That was totally wrong. Um, the player has to be eligible to be traded on the date you set him as a player to be named later. So in a, because of the rule, it cannot be a draft pick from this year. So we know it's someone from last year's draft or earlier, and you can sort of look at their prospect list and come up with some ideas. But, but we, think it's a, we think it's a player that's going to be significant. And again, that is, I think, less about Jonathan Lucroy and more about Jeremy Jeffers being in that deal because you saw it in the Will Smith trade, you saw it in the Andrew Miller trade, many different deals around the game. Relievers are have tremendous value in baseball right now. Uh, teams are trying to follow this Royals model where you have seven, eight, nine, where you can just lock games down. And the Brewers, I think in the case of the Will Smith trade at least, it looks like they're able to capitalize on that and get some pretty good players in return. Yeah, the Will Smith trade to get Phil Bickford back, who is the number one prospect by a lot of people's standards for the Giants, a right-hander that spent a year at Cal State Fullerton, was a first-round draft pick out of high school, and then a first-round draft pick later. And then to get Andrew Susak, who yeah. is a proven guy that has had some major league service time already and, and, and is a guy that really gives you some good organizational depth at catch. At a position where you need it. We're going to see Susak before the end of the season. I think that's uh, certain and no he's not on that list uh, the top 30 and he's a little more advanced but he's 26 um, so he's not a finished product and, and he has a chance to be a guy for the Brewers I think all right let's talk about this club and you know what we expect to see over the next couple of weeks and then what we expect to see when September hits you just alluded to it a little bit I think we'll see Andrew Susak for sure before this season's over it may be September but there's going to be some opportunities to, to get some of these younger guys some opportunities off that 40-man roster. That's going to be an intriguing month, I think. Yeah, it is. The one caveat, though, I'll say is Craig Council, as a, it's just a philosophy, is not big on this idea of, well, we're rebuilding and we traded away a bunch of our good players, so let's throw the young guys in there and see what they can do. Uh, people have questioned that, you know, why is Kirk Neuenheis still starting any games uh, for this team when you are clearly, you know, you've, you've last week lost three of your best players. You're not playing to win this season. Why not play a young guy? Well, Council doesn't manage that. That's not how he likes to do it. He wants players to earn playing time. Orlando Arcia, special case, he's earned it defensively, 
and top prospect. He's going to be the shortstop starting next year. They, they thought they could use 58 games to see what they've got. But with other guys, Council is not big on this idea of why don't you just play the young guys. So that's my one caveat to September uh, in terms of bringing guys up to start. It might not be as dramatic a change as maybe other clubs might use September to do. Uh, but but there will be guys, and, and again, the guy is Brinson. I'm curious whether Lewis Brinson is one of those guys. He's, you know, this is a different trade than some of David Stern's others, which have been for much lower level players. This is a player who's advanced. He's at AAA. Do you start his, you know, get him on the 40 and see what he can do in September? I don't know the answer to that yet, uh, but he's, I think, one guy that you can sort of eyeball and say it'd be interesting to say the least to see what he could do and real quick before we let you go the the rotation right now obviously junior gara goes to the dl but he has proven himself this year and i think is has obviously earned an opportunity uh when he comes back to be right back into that rotation but zach davies in his development i mean these are encouraging things for the future for the rotation as well yeah and equally discouraging jimmy nelson who had a chance this year to kind of step up and be a guy at the top of the rotation the talents there he's had just these periods where he gets something bad happens and he's unable to stop the next bad thing from happening so i think the final weeks of the season are really important for him to establish something positive going forward zach davies has been really good you can see him being you know a part of this that's a that's a trade that's a doug melvin trade uh where they, it looks like they got some really good value for gerardo para and the junior gareth thing is just so disappointing not only because he's been so good for you and you want as large a body of evidence that he's the real deal as you can get. Well, now you're not going to have that, at least for a short period of time here. The other thing is there were opportunities to deal him at the deadline, and the Brewers didn't do it, be- believing he was you know, a, a good pitcher they wanted to keep around. Then two days later, he goes down with an injury. So that that's just bad luck. Really unfortunate, I think, for everybody involved. They hope it's a two-week deal. Uh, the, the best part is it wasn't a pop during his outing or anything like that. It was the, a day-after situation. So they think he'll get on the mound. And then September, I think, becomes important for Junior Guerra as well. Just establish that this was real um, and that they can go into next season having certainty with a couple of spots because, as we saw, you know, starting pitching, man, you think you know what you've got and you don't know what you've got. Exactly right. You just never know. Adam, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yep. Anytime, Lane. Adam McAlvey of MLB.com. Our thanks to Adam McAlvey of MLB.com for helping us break things down as we look back at some of the items from last week in Major League Baseball. Uh, We'll be checking in on the farm in a few moments and looking at uh, some of the things that have been going on uh, in the Brewers minor league system. Of course, a lot of new names to talk about with Lewis Brenson, Luis Ortiz, and others. So that'll be coming up in just a little bit. But right now, let's catch up with the crew. Let's catch up with the crew. Lane Grindle joined by Brewers shortstop Orlando Arcia and translator Carlos Brizuela as well. And first off, Orlando, uh, you know, when you look at yesterday, getting that first hit, driving in that first run, how... How nice is it to now have that behind you? ¿Qué también se siente salir de, del primer hit y la primera carrera impulsada una vez ayer? ¿Cómo se sintió eso? Mira que andaba bastante contento. Fue mi primer hit, mi primera carrera impulsada y, y con más contento me sentí que era pa, para empatar el, el, el encuentro. Very happy, you know, something you work hard for a while and I was able to get my first hit and first RBI and especially very happy because it helped us. You know, it was, a, it was a time run so it helped a lot. So you got to be very happy about that too. You had a great season last year in AA, and you start this year in AAA. What did you learn between the end of last season before you got here 
with the Brewers uh, about your game and about how you wanted to expand your game. Que tuviste tremenda temporada el año pasado y al principio este, desde el año pasado hasta este año, ¿qué has aprendido tú que te ha ayudado a llegar hasta aquí donde estás ahorita? De verdad que en, en AA me ayudó mucho el Carlos, Carlos Subero y Sandy Guerrero, el gerinco de allá. Me ayudaron a reconocer mejor los, los fichados rompientes y gracias a Dios pude tener la temporada que, que tuve. En AA, I was able to, Carlos Subero, who was our manager there, first base coach here. Uh, him and Herrera, who was our hitting coach down there, they helped me a lot, especially on the hitting side, uh, just uh, recognizing breaking pitches and where we'll be more consistent with that. Um, I'm very thankful that that's helped me all the way to get up here. How nice is it that you have somebody like Carlos Subero here who you know, you, you're very familiar with, guys as well that you were with in Colorado Springs, another countryman like Hernan Perez. How, how nice does that How, how good is that for you to have that to help you tra transition? Que tan bueno es tener gente aquí como Subero, que fue tu manager, como Hernán y otros los jugadores que estuvieron contigo en Triple A, que, que, que cómo te ayuda eso llegar aquí, que tienes eso al lado tuyo. Mira, de verdad que me, me ayuda mucho, porque sé que Carlos va a seguir ayudándome, igual que Hernán Pérez, no, no solo Hernán Pérez, sino todo, todo el equipo, ya que ellos son gente que tiene experiencia aquí en Grandes Ligas. Y... Los consejos que me den, de verdad, los lo voy a coger y poner en, en práctica para llevarlo a juego. I was always very helpful. Carlos, I know he's going to keep helping me as much as he did when I was in AA. And guys like Hernan, and even not only him, but the other guys, especially the veterans, I know they're going to help me a lot. They've been around it. They have more experience. So I'm just trying to, like, take everything they tell me and try to learn as much as I can and go from there. How did yesterday, you looked even more comfortable yesterday at the plate. How is each day helped you get a little bit more comfortable with the more pitches you've seen at this level already. Que ayer se vio como si tuvieras más cómodo en el plato y como cada juego te estás sintiendo más cómodo, ¿cómo explicas eso? No, de verdad que a salir a hacer lo que yo sé hacer, a divertirme jugando pelota y gracias a Dios las cosas me salieron muy bien. You just gotta take it like uh, day by day, just go out there, do your job, try and have fun. Uh, like I like to play, just having a lot of fun while I'm playing and keep working hard and hopefully it keeps coming. All right, last question. You you, know, you want this moment, obviously, to get the call up and, and to start your big league career. You know, who, who was your first phone call to once you found out? What was your reaction? Que esto es algo que estás esperando por mucho tiempo. ¿A quién fue la primera persona que llamaste y cuál fue su reacción cuando te avisaron? Por supuesto que a mis familiares, a mi madre, a mi padre. La verdad que se sintieron contentos y me salió bien porque estaba en Florida viendo a mi hermano y de una vez los viajé para acá para que vinieran a verme. Yeah, very emotional, very happy. Obviously, I called my family, my mom and dad, and they were very happy about it. And thankfully, they were down in, in Florida watching my brother play, so it was easier to get them out here to watch me. So I was able to fly them out for the, for the games. Orlando, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Checking in on the farm. All right, in Colorado Springs, Lewis Brinson has been doing a lot of good things so far. He's turning a lot of heads. Of course, he was kind of the headliner of that uh, Jonathan Lucroy, Jeremy Jeffress trade as he's one of the top prospects in all of baseball, 21st-ranked prospect according to MLB Pipeline. He has recorded a hit in all eight games with the Sky Sox. He's hitting 455. He has a grand slam to his credit. He's driven in eight runs. He's also hit five doubles so far on the year. He has been absolutely dynamic and looks like a very bright future in the Brewers organization. Also, Andrew Susak has gotten his first action with the Sky Sox, and uh, the young catcher probably will get an opportunity, uh, at least in September, to catch some games behind the plate 
for the big league club as well. The Sky Sox are currently 56 and 58. In Double A, Biloxi, a lot of movement on that roster. As Brett Phillips, uh, one of the constants uh, on that roster, he's been there all year long, and he's had his struggles over the second half of the season. But he did have a very good night on Monday night. Three hits for the Shuckers in that contest. He went three for four with a home run and an RBI. That was his 13th home run of the season, which is second in the Brewers farm system. So certainly showing some good power is Brett Phillips. The guy that everybody's talking about right now in Biloxi is right-handed pitcher Brandon Woodruff. He hurled seven scoreless frames for the Shuckers on Monday. He is a Mississippi native, so right at home in Biloxi. He allowed just five hits, struck out six. He is now 7-6 and six with a 2.87 ERA, just 22 walks and 88 strikeouts and 15 starts with the Shuckers. But here's the thing. He's allowed just one earned run over his last six games, walking four and striking out 45 in that span. We told you last week he was named the Southern League Pitcher of the Month for the month of July. Very impressive stuff from Brandon Woodruff. The other guy that should be catching your attention is first baseman Dustin DeMuth, who spent most of this year in High A, Brevard County. He's collected multiple hits in three of his last four games. Now with Biloxi, overall in 13 games with the Shockers, he's batting 388. In 109 games between Brevard County and Biloxi, he's batting 299, 23 doubles, four triples, six home runs, and 45 driven in. In high A, the story is Phil Bickford, who made his organizational debut on Monday night, allowed two runs on four hits with two walks, and struck out five in four and two-thirds innings. And also Corey Wright starting to show a little bit more power, some extra base hits coming from him, uh, some encouraging stuff coming out from Corey Ray, the 2016 first-round draft pick. So uh, keep an eye on Corey Ray to finish this season strong in a Manatees uniform. Uh, and then in Class A, it's all about Isan Diaz. This guy is something else as he now has 18 home runs. That is, of course, not just leading the Timber Rattlers, but leads the organization and the Midwest League in home runs. And he also is hitting 280 with 30 doubles on the year. Isan Diaz is, is making a case to potentially be the Brewers minor league position player of the year. He has just been absolutely phenomenal. And then as we take a look in rookie Helena, the H Brewers are getting great production out of first baseman Ronnie Gideon. The former Texas A&M Aggie was the Pioneer League's player of the week for the second straight week last week. Uh, he is absolutely on fire. A 12-game hitting streak, six home runs, 16 RBIs in that span. He has reached base safely in 17 straight games as well. He uh, is uh, got a ton of power. This guy has a bunch of natural power and uh, eight home runs in total for Ronnie Gideon uh, on the season with the Helena Brewers in the Pioneer League. Uh, a couple of transactions on the minor league side as well. Left-handed pitcher Wei Chung Wong uh, has been transferred to Colorado Springs, so back up at AAA, getting a little bit closer to potentially getting back on the Milwaukee Brewers roster at some point in the future. Right-handed pitcher Preston Ganey has been transferred to Biloxi, and right-handed pitcher Devin Williams, who is um, one of the, the top pitching prospects in the Brewers system, transferred to Brevard County. So a bunch of those young arms that started the year in Wisconsin are all in Brevard County. When you talk about Devin Williams now, Marcos Diplon, and Freddie Peralta, uh, and John Parent, who started the year in Wisconsin, is is obviously in Class A, advanced Brevard County right now as well. Right-handed pitcher Connor Harbor has been activated from the Wisconsin disabled list also. Here's what's on tap with the Brewers. Here's what's on tap uh, this coming weekend, a, a big weekend at Miller Park as the Brewers wrap up this homestand. 
And the Cincinnati Reds coming to town. There's a bunch of promotions going on. Of course, Friday, free shirt Friday. There's only so many of these left this year, so you're going to want to get in on this. Milwaukee Icons t-shirt given to all fans in attendance. And then Saturday, the 13th, the snapback cap. This thing's cool. It's got the ball and glove logo on it back from the 80s. Um, this is really cool. First 10,000 fans in attendance. You're going to want to get here early to be able to get your hands on that snapback cap. And then Sunday, August 14th, the Craig Council bobblehead plus the Kids Eat Free Sunday. The, the Craig Council bobblehead is awesome. Half of the fans are going to get the bobblehead of Craig Council as a player and the iconic stance, of course. And the other half will receive a bobblehead of Craig Council as a manager. And then we got the Kids Eat Free Sunday, like we do every Sunday. All kids 14 and under get a free lunch. Featuring a hot dog, bottled water, apple slices, and ice cream treat. I always make sure I sample that ice cream treat uh, before the end of the day. For tickets for any of these games, call 414-902-4000 or visit Brewers.com. Okay, that's going to do it for us in this week's edition of Brewers on Tap. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We'll be back with another episode next week right here on Brewers on Tap. I'm Lane Grindle. Thanks for listening, everyone. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.